everything I thought that was going well for me fell apart and left me you know that's my ego's perception Mm -hmm. but it's like it all had to happen to reveal who I really am and why I'm really here hello and welcome to highly meditated Katie thank you I'm so glad to be here Today, I'm joined by Katie Awake, who is a healer in the Minneapolis area. Correct. Yes. And we're doing an in-person interview, which I'm very excited about because the Skype interviews are great and convenient, but I just kind of miss like the the personal connection of sitting on my living room floor on a meditation cushion. <laughs> nice. It's really grounding. Yeah. Beautiful setting too. Yeah. How's your week been? Gosh, it's been really good. Really? Um, This 40-day nutrition program mm-hmm. that we're on, it um, that's really helping me on all levels. So I'm feeling really clear and kind of been up-leveling every area of my life and business yeah. for months now, but things feel pretty clear and pretty focused as of late. So it's good. Awesome. Yeah. yeah so we're both on a 40-day cleanse, I guess you would call it. I don't know if it, yeah. it's not, it's not like a typical like weight loss yeah, we're, cleanse. We're not fasting, we're eating the whole time, but it's a nutritional transformation program. And then 10 days of it are a deeper cleanse. Mm-hmm. But the whole 40 days is just sort of shifting us away from processed foods into organic foods, mm-hmm. organic superfoods. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny yesterday. I feel like Mondays are usually a struggle for me just because of my corporate job. It's like coming back down from the weekend and then you have to work your eight to five again. And, you know, a lot of times I don't eat and drink very well on the weekends, but on Monday I was like, I haven't felt this good on a Monday in probably two years. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Your eyes look really yeah. clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's always a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So today, I mean, we have a number of things to talk about, but primarily, I guess, your your business as a healer. Yeah. And that's one way to put it is that you're a healer, but I know that involves a lot of different modalities and stuff that you've been working on. So it really does. And I've, um, I do identify as a healer. And in the last year or so, I've, I've been redefining myself as a soul coach because as I've gone through my own healing journey and then things have gotten more, in motion and more physical with the business, this coaching side to my business has just happened naturally. Like life coaching and relationship coaching has always been a big part of my work, um, guiding women basically into a union or divine connection with themselves and looking for like sacred partnership. Mm-hmm. I help a lot of women with that after I got there myself. Um, that's something that I've always worked on. And then the business coaching as well. So I'm like, oh, how do I merge these two together, being a energy healer and um, this coaching aspect? So then the the title soul coach just came through. And that feels really good to me because I've always felt like a, like a midwife of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I think of it, like coaching energy, soul coach. Sure. Yeah, that's super cool. <clears throat> it's fun. Yeah. I like it. It, it works for me. It sounds like you got into, you know, this sort of sacred sexuality stuff that you're doing through your own healing journey. And I think that's such a common route for a lot of healers, like the the wounded healer path to say. Definitely. And then, you know, I think we 
and I certainly did, like reach a point where that can almost become like a handicap way of looking at ourselves. Because in that, mm-hmm. like in that myth or story, the the wounded healer never heals themselves; they mm-hmm. only heal others. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not a place that I want to stay in. Um, and so to move myself out of victim mode or like overgiving while sacrificing my own needs and well-being, you know, I had to make a big like quantum leap out of that. And that, yeah, that's where soul coach is from, because that doesn't mean I'm going to try to like fix or save anyone because I can't do that and no one can do that. But I can, you know, it's like lead a horse to water, but then they're the ones that has to drink. Yeah, totally. Like give people tips and um, do as much as I can, but then they are the ones that have to make the shifts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's super cool. I've never heard it from that perspective of, I mean, the wounded healer piece. I've never heard it from that perspective of Mm -hmm. like, they never heal themselves. Yeah, that's the, that's the full story. Mm -hmm. That's the full myth. He's like a centaur in a cave, Mm -hmm. some kind of deep wound. I'm sure somebody listening knows the whole story better than I do, but um, yeah, he just kind of gets stuck on healing everybody else and not himself. Yeah. So how'd you heal yourself? How did I heal myself? (laughs) Jeez. Surrender to God really is how I did it. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be this like really paradoxical place where you have your existence as a human being, but then you also recognize that you're not really an individual. You're one with God and you're one with all creation like the physical realm is actually an illusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like realizing oneness with God, oneness with creation. And then what was I going to say? Through heartbreak and loss, mm-hmm. um, I went through – so this is getting into like my own healing journey a little bit. But three huge losses, like all in six months where my boyfriend at the time that I was very attached to, like in an un- – to an an unhealthy level attached to left me a number of times. And um, I had another big like personal loss and uh, my teacher died mm-hmm. as well. So it was like three, three big losses for me that basically my whole world crumbled, my own ego dissolved again and again and again, whether I wanted it to or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that at that point it's like God's in control. Like I had to just surrender to my soul, surrender to God. And in doing so changed my whole life and yeah i suppose moved from being a wounded healer into soul coach sure over the years so <laughs> so like how old were you those are like those are big losses that you yeah. mentioned how old were you at that time um in time it wasn't that long ago cuz i was in my um so big training program i went through is with Suzanne Green River and she's my teacher that passed away that was 2013 and 2014 oh wow and then i was in that um soulmate relationship um that and really the purpose and i'm really grateful for the connection you know and like respect and gratitude to him i don't mean any judgment but it it was we definitely had toxic patterning and it revealed all my childhood wounds mm-hmm. and childhood pain which that type of relationship is meant to do that it's just we don't know while we're in it, mm-hmm. like what the hell is going on? Oh yeah. So I had like a very like cataclysmic pain happen in my immediate family in 2011. Mm-hmm. So, um, like my first family, my family of origin. Um, so that started kind of falling apart, and then 2012, I met that soulmate connection, 
and then had my teacher 2013 to 2014. So it was like everything I thought that was going well for me fell apart and left me. You know, that's my ego's perception. Mm -hmm. But it's like it all had to happen to reveal who I really am and why I'm really here. Mm-hmm. And I think, well, I know like in my soul, I always knew that that's like the strength that carries a person through mm-hmm. a lot of change and a lot of loss. Because I always had a knowing like there were there were very clear moments during that time where I didn't like I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't want to continue in my human life because it was like everything I believed in and ever wanted kept leaving me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I would just have this strength come to me or come through me just knowing that there was so much, like so much of a brighter, more fun, fulfilling future Mm -hmm. that was out there. And I just had to keep surrendering and keep opening and keep like letting it in. Mm -hmm. But it sure took a long time. I mean, that was, what is it, 2019 now? So that was a like eight year process. Yeah. Wow. And they say like, uh, in I mean, in numerology terms, things go in nine-year cycles. Yeah. So that's really crazy that you're coming up on like year nine now. Yeah, totally. Wow, that's really cool. You have a beautiful perspective on all of that now. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm sure here. it took a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> tremendous. Yeah. And, the, you know, that's everything I go through is in any lifetime is the content that I then can deliver to clients. And when we go through something challenging or dissolve an aspect of our like lower self or ego self or the the I, the one that thinks they're a separate entity, when we go through taking apart an aspect of that, we're like dissolving an old paradigm or dissolving an old way of being. Mm-hmm. And that allows really the space to realize that we're So again, like stepping into being a soul coach, that's like realizing that we're all co-creators of our life. We're not like a victim of circumstance. We're not a victim of like a punishing, judging God. We're a co-creator with a like all loving, excited God that wants us to enact why we're here Mm -hmm. and really bring in our purpose and make it real. Yeah. So after you'd been going through all of this, like at what point did you decide it was time to start healing others or helping others. Yeah, that was a part of my training program. Thankfully, I'm really grateful to Suzanne. And she was a somatic shamanic healer. She had trained with indigenous healers in a few different places around the world. And then her whole mission was about bringing a It was a contemporary shamanic approach. So sort of bridging ancient cultures, like earth-based studies of healing, nature-based studies of healing with like, how do we do that in the modern world? How do I bring that to students now or healers now? Because she was really a a teacher for healers. Cool. Um, So she had a school in South Minneapolis and I synchronistically found her when it was time, Mm -hmm. basically, for me. And it was a two-year training program. We would have um, four-day intensive workshops once a month for two years. And every workshop would be a study into a different system of the body and the chakras and the energy field. So we started with like four days on the breath and then four days on the bones, four days on the muscles, four days on the organs. And we would approach them all with her um, global somatics mapping, I think she called it. So it was through breath, touch, psychophysical processing, vibration, 
I think there was one more movement. I can't forget that. That was her favorite. <laughs> she, um, like she said that her first sense a way that we perceived reality mm-hmm. or perceived that we're a self was in utero. Oh, sure. Through movement. And cool. she was a dancer and she, she loved healing with movement because then the person that she was doing the healing with always knew that they were healing themselves Oh, because they were actively moving their body and like evoking the healing through their movement. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm still getting there. Like that's not a part of my practice. I really integrated at this point, but I did get like a movement, movement therapy certification through her. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So that was hugely healing for me, that program. I mean, I, I had started studying like when I was 16 or something, I went to the library and got a book called Buddhism for Teens. <laughs> and that's like, I've always been very rebellious and fiery and like unable to tolerate any kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, that's always been who I am. Um, bless my family for coping with me. <laughs> right. So kind of started studying Eastern philosophy as early as I could get my hands on it. And yeah, I mean, basically the training program was largely about healing myself. Well, that's what I was saying that my healing journey started earlier, but then this program was like really my a big deep dive into it because I had become a yoga instructor in 2010, but then this was 2013. And in the yoga, I had just felt intuitively like I wanted to be guiding my students deeper. I, I really wanted to be working with emotional healing. I've always felt really drawn to that. I think it's because people are very starved for emotional health sure mental and emotional health mm-hmm. and so i'm and i wanted it you know and so that's probably what brought me to the global somatics program and then over the course of the two years with my classmates and it was very small we had i think a class of six to start with and then three of us finished the program mm-hmm. um so each workshop was like deep diving into all these different systems and all these different ways Um, I always tell my clients now, like we heal through awareness and acceptance. So as soon as you start to go in to a system, like if I have some emotions stored in my small intestines or I want to work on my gut brain health Mm -hmm. um, and you go in there with love and you go there with support, then anything that's stored there of like trauma or just stored up emotion that needs to come out starts to come out. Mm -hmm. And so I did a, a large amount of like emotional purging and healing. And, um, like when I started that program, I couldn't, I couldn't have identified for you what my wants and needs were. Mm -hmm. Like I was in a very shut down place as for my own autonomy as a person, being able to just like know what I wanted and to be much less be able to speak that and know that I mattered and had value. Mm -hmm. Like the first day we sat in a circle, she asked us that I just started to bawl my eyes out. Really, because I couldn't even I couldn't even speak on that level. So I've I've come a long way. I've I've really worked my ass off for ten years or so. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and then I remember your first question. So the last, well, in the second year, she, I think the whole time actually, she had us practice on people mm-hmm. just right away, and then in the she would gave us permission like when we were ready to start charging. Oh sure. She told us when she thought we were ready. So then we just started. And it was awesome. She gave us the paperwork. She gave us like the last quarter of our program was for building a business. 
she really supported us to build businesses as healers, which I think is very rare. Right. Yeah. My Reiki master, well, she's not my master teacher yet. I'm signed up to take her master class. But when I got my level one and two attunements, she spent a good chunk of time talking about that, like how as a healer, our family and friends expect us to be able to like offer our services for free. But in reality, yeah, that, I could talk about that. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> I'm sure you know <laughs> well, a lot more about it than I do. But yeah, I, I was just like really glad that she spent a good chunk of time talking about it and how like maybe you don't necessarily have to charge, but you can always barter. Like, don't be afraid to say to your family that you charge the same price for them as you do everybody yeah, else. And you can barter when you choose. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something I learned a lot about as well. But the first piece about with your friends and family, like at first, especially when in my program we were to just be practicing on people, I would only work on my family and like my boyfriend at the time and a couple friends. And that was a, I'm still learning about that, like why that is. I think the roots of that go pretty deep. Yeah. But yeah, that was another thing Suzanne had to sort of coach me on to start branching outside of my whatever that is comfort zone Mm -hmm. well I mean I could see it from a perspective of like you almost have to start marketing yourself as somebody yeah as if it's like okay this is a thing now yeah pursuing this now I'm I'm, take me seriously right that's like a really valuing feeling important and confident so if you're not if you're not confident in your healing abilities, I can see the hesitation there. Yeah, I still have that because right you know your friends and family yeah. are gonna be nice to you and right. like not gonna ask for a refund. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe yeah. like bad write a bad review on Yelp. Yeah, <laughs> right. Probably. Yeah, we're um, onto something. Real quick, I want to touch on something that you mentioned because you used the word purging earlier. Yeah, and I like that word, but I want to like point out the fact that purging sucks. Like, it's so, so difficult in my experience, and I'm sure you can touch on this in a minute. Yeah. Like, what your clients and you experience yourself. But, like, my first huge energetic shift was so miserable. I cried for, like, two days straight almost, and I just, like, couldn't fathom, like, what was going on with my body. And at the end of it, it's not like I felt like, oh, I'm, I feel so good. I've purged everything. It was just, like, my mind became a lot less chaotic sort of yeah, thing. It is weird and it is scary. And I think, at least right now, because I probably have a different answer in five minutes, but I think it's when we're releasing something that we're really identified with mm-hmm. because then we'll be feeling a, a spiritual death because we're losing – we feel like we're losing ourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like a very lost, terrifying feeling. So that's always something I tell my clients – And it's the way that I got myself to continue wanting to live when I was going through some really deep, dark stuff that I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. We have to know inside that, and I don't know if this is what you felt, I'm not trying to put this on you, Mm -hmm. but especially if it's like so bad that we feel suicidal, I always tell my clients that you just have to know that it's a spiritual death. It doesn't mean that you don't necessarily want to be alive anymore. It just means that something you're identified with is dying Mm -hmm. and then something new is going to birth. Just trust the process. I also was going to say about purging that it's hard for a while, like as you get used to the process, but then the more you go, um, like the more light you get, Mm -hmm. the more – I never like to speak in hierarchies, but like language is pretty limited. It's like the higher you go or the – 
the lighter you get or the more your frequency goes up, like the more you are identified with yourself as a spiritual being, it gets easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe that's what I'm saying. Like the less you're identified with your human experience, right. the more you know that's temporary, the easier it is to be like, oh, I'm just shedding another layer of grief from seven lives or whatever. Yeah. Okay, fine. You know, yeah. like, carry on, make a peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess the the purge that I experienced was after a session that I had with a really gifted healer actually that lives in Spain. It's a really long story as to how I got awesome. this session with him, but his name's Lama Shannon. He recognized in me that I have this belief or I had this belief that all of my childhood suffering is my own fault. Oh, and, sure. Yeah. And so like he removed it from me. And so I Damn. just bawled for like the next two days. How did he do and that? I don't know. He's very gifted. So he he was like selected by Tibetan monks as a four or five-year-old. And he studied at the same school as the Dalai Lama. Um, and so his purpose in this reincarnation is to like raise human consciousness. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know the background of like how he has developed these healing abilities. I just know oh, that they're very, very yeah, powerful. Yeah, they're just there. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that's, who knows? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's way, way beyond me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was just like in those two days, it was just like, okay, so none of this was my fault. Then like, whose fault is it? Why did this happen? Or why need there be fault at all? Right. Yeah. I don't, it was just. Fault. Yeah. That's scary. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like taking the um, – it's like removing the plug, but you you still have a cord. It's mm-hmm. like, what do I plug it into now? Right. Or the outlet, removing the outlet, but so, you still have a plug. Yeah, it was cord. very much just coming to terms that I had no outlet. And weird stuff like that, like all my pain and trauma in my childhood is my fault. When those things start to go away, it can be super unsettling and disorienting because that's been a foundation. Mm-hmm. like a foundation of being. I used to have a foundation of fear, mm-hmm. which that was what I knew, even though it was awful. That was my known bedrock, even though it was very shaky. Yeah. Shaky bedrock. Wow. Are we purging right now? It is thunderstorming outside. <laughs> <laughs> that's cleansing. <laughs> yeah. I do love storms. <laughs> that's actually something that's been healing for me. I have this memory of being like five in my childhood bedroom, it's like the middle of the night and it's thundering and lightning. And it's occurred to me um, very recently that I liked it. Like growing up, I had a false belief kind of trained in me that I was just scared all the time. That's what I mean that like I had a bedrock of fear because Mm -hmm. there was a lot of fear around me. And so I developed an identity with it. And that's just one example. Like I had a belief my whole life that I was afraid of storms, but then as I've gotten more clear and I actually really identify with lightning, I mm-hmm. love using like, this is just silly, but like the lightning emojis, but like literally sometimes when I'm doing healing on somebody, I like call on the power of lightning. Yeah. It's like a way to be like, wake up. Yeah. You know, it's like this really strong, <laughs> yeah. obviously really strong thing. And there's like um, Nordic mythology around that too like the lightning gods yeah so i identify with that like i have ancient germanic roots yeah um that's super cool yeah. i sometimes just think when i think of reiki sometimes i just think of lightning like running through the body yeah, yeah. i love that mm-hmm. but yeah it dawned on me when i was realizing that now in adulthood that i had this memory of being a child in bed and it's lightning and i liked the power and like no matter what shit was going on around me i was like whoa power yeah. And just this like beyond duality feeling. That's super cool. 
I love that. Makes me happy. So now that you have a few years of experience, um, you know, with your own business and stuff, how do you maintain your own health? So much better than I used to. Really? Um, Yeah. As I mentioned, when I first started my program in like 2013, when they asked me what, like, what are your wants and needs for this program? And I just started crying, I suppose, because I was grateful that they were asking me that, like really clearly, like, hey, Katie, you matter. What do you need? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> ah, love. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. Um, and so that's sure developed a lot over the years. And now I actually enjoy structure and routine, which I feel is just really natural and healthy for everyone, like how children need structure, you know, and children yeah. need like clear choices and structure. And so that's been a part of my like reparenting process of myself and like realizing that I like structure and creating that in my life. So how I stay healthy now is very much through routines. One thing I heard recently from this one man I follow on Instagram, his handles the other side of saved. Oh gosh, was it him or Russell Brand? Now I can't remember. <laughs> it was one of one of them. But um it's like especially when we're feeling rocky or like if we are in a period of purging, mm-hmm. that's really when we need structure. That's really when we need routines. And that really turned a light bulb on in my head. Cause at that point I was already in a process of trying to structure myself more because I was starting to really appreciate it. So now I have morning routines. I have like five or six things I do every morning. Um, I've gone from becoming vegetarian to now being vegan, mm-hmm. um, which really works for me. It really feels good for me and helps me feel clear and focused and like be able to wake up and feel excited and happy. And then just like drinking plenty of water. I love heated yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, me too. Eating really well. And like I know how to eat to feel well. So that's a big part of my health and well-being. And just having fun. My husband and I go uh, walking a lot. And like we both like – we both like some structure but spontaneity as well. So we'll like go out on – just fun, like walking adventures around uptown, oh, just cool. like getting outside and moving. And then I just, I am vigilant about noticing if I start to sink into my hiding pattern or I suppose that's the main one, like my hiding pattern, which literally looks like hiding, like under blankets oh. on the couch or on my bed when I just don't. Sometimes I can sink back into this place of like nobody wants to hear what I say or nobody cares about me. Nobody um, – basically like nobody nobody wants me. That's kind of the feeling. Sure. Um, and that – you know, some people don't and that's fine. But whenever that starts to happen, I just have to push out of it. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's why routines and structure are helpful or a walk or yoga or yeah. laughter. That's cool. The routine Journaling. thing – the routine part of our 40-day um, th- nutrition plan has already been helpful for me and we haven't gone into the 10 day deeper part yet but just like waking up at the same time taking aminos taking your shake and then like structuring your day around your meals not that the meals are hard to make or anything they're really quite easy but I don't know it's been really beneficial for me I'm not I usually haven't structured my eating as well as I have in the last 10 days or so so me too yeah and I I think one reason that it like came into my reality or aligned with the um the program 
is because I was wanting to get there. Like I had started doing some meal prep and really, which I think I have for years, but like tuning into what tea do I like in the morning or what, what breakfast really makes me feel good and mm-hmm. those sorts of questions. And then I'm grateful for the 40-day program because it's just pushed me further into even more routine. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like it too. I, I like the basically fasting most of the morning, like taking the aminos and then drinking a ton of water. Mm-hmm. And then I do my yoga and meditation. And then usually by then I want the shake. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then like get some fruit after that. So that's really going well. I kind of struggle with dinner. Yeah. That, that part. So it'll be interesting doing the 10 day deeper cleansing part. I'm going to try to just go raw and like try some new recipes. Yeah. New raw recipes. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to try to go raw too. We'll see how it goes. If it gets too intense, I'm going to eat, I don't know, almonds or something. Yeah. To slow it down a little. It's but. It's good to keep in mind that there's no failing or like mm-hmm. you know judgment about it i mean part of the reason that we're doing this cleanse is to improve gut health and so i'd be curious about your thoughts on integrating like gut health with emotional healing yeah. and spiritual healing yeah that's so exciting for me and it's it's the reason that i started seeking a superfood product line that i could integrate for my own body and health and to offer my clients because gut health is so important and I I know it really well energetically and emotionally and at this point I don't have any kind of like certification as a nutritionist but I do like intuitive coaching with eating and I I work Mm. with women that have disordered eating or like have some kind of diagnosis with that but pretty much every client that sits down with me we work on the relationship with food and there's gut healing. Oh, cool. The gut brain is a really ancient center of knowing what's good for us and knowing what's bad for us. You know, like everyone says to trust your gut. Mm-hmm. It's really, really true. But the sad part about that is emotional abuse and emotional neglect is so rampant all across the world that a lot of people have broken trust with themselves. Because as children, I'm sure pretty much everyone listening to this can relate to this, like being an empathic child and like now every generation being born in is more sensitive than the one before. Mm -hmm. And that's probably always true. But, you know, empathic, sensitive children have these feelings and they have these sensitivities and they have these gifts like that healer you're talking about in Spain, you know, imagine him Mm -hmm. as a two-year-old. Right. Like kid would be calling lightning and thunder and like – when we're a like empathic sensitive kid without the proper support, which is what's common, usually inadvertently, but also maliciously, the parents or the guardians will downplay the kid's intuition mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe what they see spiritually or their feelings or their knowings, you know, and most of the time the parents are simply doing their best with what they know. Mm-hmm. Um my parents downplayed mine for sure. Yeah, mine did too. And yeah, again, like they're they're doing the best with with what they know, but and that's sort of a whole other can of worms. But kids get really hurt by that, and they lose their trust in their self in themselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean by the gut brain getting reversed, because that's actually what happens in the nervous system through the whole spine. Um, 
whenever something happens to us that we can't handle or we can't process in the moment or we don't have the proper support for, that's in in my pedagogy, that's called, that's trauma. Mm -hmm. And so rather than the energy coming in, processing, and then going out the front of the spine, like through expression or crying or loudness or quietness or whatever the expression looks like, Mm -hmm. um, it shoots it out the back of the spine. And then it kind of the memory of it or the unprocessed energy and the unprocessed emotion, the trauma, um, is just sits in the body or sits in the energy field somewhere. And everyone has a totally unique way that they did that. Right. Like Suzanne would say that human beings, the physical body is like really, really tiny. And then they have these huge fields of trauma. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that great? Yeah. (laughs) So that's my job. I just like, I'm like, oh, you have trauma there. You have trauma there. You have trauma there. We're going to open, open, open. Oh, don't you feel better six months later? Yeah. That's essentially the program. And then, and this is really what I mean by shifting from like healer to soul coach as well, because what started happening And I used to do a lot of packages of four sessions. Now I run a six-month program because it's really important to have that time commitment for there to be real trust built. Sure. Yeah. You know, talking about helping a person build up trust with themselves again. And this doesn't have to be somebody that's like – I mean, it certainly can be like someone that feels depressed and like can't get out of bed and they're in that – like they're in that. Mm Mm-hmm tough spot that we were talking about but it can also be people that really look like they're doing really well Mm -hmm. you know on some levels like financially or in their career and their relationships but these deep-seated issues like what you said about that belief being pulled out of you that you're at fault for your whole all of your childhood trauma like that kind of stuff people carry that stuff Mm -hmm. their whole lives and then that's the kind of thing that manifests as cancer or disease right when they're older those just need to be found. It needs to be found. And mm-hmm. the a willingness to do that is so brave and it's so courageous. And it just – it's like light comes in through the wounds then. Mm-hmm. And then it allows people to succeed more and it allows them to align their careers with their soul more. Mm-hmm. and allows their message to get spread wider. Yeah. That's so fascinating. And that's a great point that people aren't necessarily – you know, depressed and lying in bed and unable to go on with their day. Because like for me personally, I've carried a lot of weight for my entire life and I am super functional. Like I've got a great eight to five job. I have a podcast. Like I, I work out like, you know, I, I'm a pretty functional person, but I'm carrying all of this with me and it's going to, it's going to manifest into chaos somewhere at Mm. some point. And so it's like figuring out how to deal with it and like where to go to who to go to and like what modalities to use has been a huge part of my life for the last like six months or so so Mm -hmm. yeah and having a podcast is such a fun way to meet people yeah totally it's it's really like helped me open up my throat too I think and just like make all of these connections because when you're going through sort of a transition like this of like healing and discovering new modalities and information and stuff it can be really isolating if you let it and so this podcast has been like super great to yeah. connect with other people that are on the same path. So it's a very creative idea. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. That's kind of why I decided to become a yoga teacher. I oh. wanted to become confident speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It is. And I think it's always hard. I mean, some of the women that I admire the most um, say that they're always nervous before they go on a live stream or 
they're always nervous before a speaking event. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I helps me know that it's just normal to Mm -hmm. feel afraid. Have you ever heard – do you listen to Brene Brown? Yeah. She has this one – I don't remember if it's a YouTube video, but she's telling this story. Oh, I think it might be in the beginning of one of her books, but she's just telling the story of how she was about to go give a huge – presentation to like c-level people as like as in like corporate suite people like ceos and when she was told the audience was c-level people she thought it was like c-level like like the c yeah and so she thought it was like like salt of the earth people that are like super down to earth and (laughs) and it was just so funny to like hear it from somebody who's so famous and fabulous and like hear her own personal freak out of like having to give a presentation so good at being vulnerable (laughs) i know (laughs) she's the queen of vulnerability yeah truly (laughs) i love that seeing vulnerability as strength oh totally you know the process of when things move from a a, like a cognitive concept into an embodied knowing Mm -hmm. that was one that took a while for me to get that vulnerability as strength yeah Um, but it did sink in maybe this is helping me sink that in further yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm still getting there with vulnerability as strength i think (laughs) yeah well oh god how much programming is there about that it's weak to cry right I can't stand that. I know. And even now, I feel like a lot of people are using social media as a vulnerability outlet, but you can be like really vulnerable on social media and not actually be doing anything vulnerable. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, I feel like there's a lot of like Instagram people that are like sharing all of this, but it's almost like, it's like vulnerability porn. It's like they're sharing too much and it's not like the right kind of exposure. I do know what you mean. I actually was like hurt by that recently because um, the last year I've been really pumping myself up around wealth consciousness and shifting my mindset from scarcity to abundance. Mm-hmm. And I was following two two female business coaches really closely, and I won't say who it is, but um, one I was listening to her podcasts daily and probably overly attached and like ordered her books and all the stuff, and then. One day I was just inspired to write her a personal email because I felt like I had a like a personal relationship built up, which I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then she just never responded. And it Oh there's sure. there's more there than I wanna say right now, but um honestly it brought up a lot of deep things for me that then I needed to process about like female relationships and mm-hmm. You know, it's okay to like take in people's content without like needing to have a personal relationship with them. Yeah. And also like she's not above me, Mm -hmm. you know, we're equals. Um, I've had a lot of like topsy-turvy learning about that Mm -hmm. over the years. Yeah, I think we all do with this just change in social media really. It's so easy to start idolizing somebody. It seemed like she was being very vulnerable in her post, but maybe she's not. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, maybe that's a a front. Right. Huh. Cool. Okay. Yeah. The pain of social media. (laughs) Got to do it though. I feel like I need to conclude something about gut health. Basically in turning it forward, it has to come from building trusting relationships. Mm -hmm. Because if we're looking at a child that lost their ability to trust themselves because they were invalidated so much, then they have to have somebody love them and listen to them 
and trust them again, you know, help them get that voice back out, mm-hmm. which is what Suzanne did for me, my mm-hmm. teacher. I mean, I literally had a healing session with her where I was laying on a bodywork table and then her and my other two practitioners that were in school with me, all three of them were working on me at the same time and um, basically did this big like nervous system clearing for me. Mm-hmm. And then she had me sit up because sometimes when we're during like doing trauma healing work, we feel safer sitting up because we feel like we can exit if we need to, like yeah. we won't feel trapped. And she, she asked me if she could talk directly to my gut. So she did. She like had a conversation with the aspect of me that was turned inward in like betrayal or being betrayed sure. in my gut and just started a conversation, started helping me feel like I could talk to her. And I do that with my clients. I talk directly to their bodies. I talk directly to the hurt part of them that hasn't been talked to in a really long time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very powerful. Mm-hmm. We don't always need some kind of external medication or drug or anything. You know, we need we need connection mm-hmm. and we need to be talked to and heard and listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, which talking about external support, you know, that that leads me to the Bach flower remedies because I have always felt really drawn to them and I have used them on myself a lot over the years. And um, just as I've gotten more confident as a I want to say witch doctor, but like, <laughs> yeah, more confident as a as a healer, as a coach. They were one that I wanted to bring in, and that was kind of my first set of medicines okay. to bring in. Is this a is this a tea or? They're tinctures. Okay, they're liquid tinctures. So Bach flower remedies are the you take the flower of the plant that has the like medicinal properties that you want to apply. Sure. So plant medicine is a whole world of study, and I'm certainly not a master of it. I work very intuitively with the flowers. I tune into the client's energy, and then I look at my kit of 38 flowers, and I feel which ones are an energetic match, and I read in my books which ones match their symptoms and which ones match the goal of the therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the language they use in the book. And so I got married. It's actually almost our one-year anniversary, October Oh, 14th. Yeah, thank you. Cool. So coming up on that. And my husband took me to um, India for our honeymoon. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was really fantastic. <laughs> Never been there before. Didn't really realize that I wanted to go until I was with him. And it kind of like sparked that Indian soul in me alive. Sure. Um, so I bought the kit of Bach Flora Remedies at a homeopathic shop in Delhi, which is very special to me because the, the energy there is like the the roots of yoga and just the roots of so much love and so much healing. So it's incredibly valuable to me to have my kit from there. What else do I want to say yeah, about that? I mean, amazing. basically I just pick the um, the remedy or it's sometimes a blend that matches the client's energy and needs. Cool. And the, the flower of the plant is the emotional body of the plant. It's also the sex organs of the plant, which is interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, guess, I mean, I guess I did if yeah, I thought about like, it. Yeah, like, you know, but... bees pollinate. Um, right, Yeah on the flower. They extract the flower and then that usually sits in water in the sun mm. for a while. So then the water absorbs the essence of the flower, Bach flower essence. And then from that, a bit is put in an alcohol solution to, so that it keeps, and then that's bottled and that's the medicine. Um, and so then I take like a little dropper of that. So it's super diluted because actually with plant medicine, the smaller amount that the, you, you use, the more powerful. Mm-hmm. It is. 
um, the more you start to lose, it kind of loses its um, kick, I guess. Sure. Um, yeah, so that's been very fun and interesting to bring in. And it, I do keep getting affirmed on like my intuition with it. Yeah, that's great. Nice. It sounds like a really good addition to your practice. Yeah. As is the the Perium products. Perium, yeah, mm-hmm. the superfood products is really fun. So like just today, I, I have a, a client that's doing a two-month program with me. And today I recommended her like a couple of the Purium products to help her gut cleansing. She's doing a, like a detox and a cleansing and then a Bach flower as well. That'll support her emotional body to balance. And we're doing two months of energy healing. Wow. So it's cool. Good boot camp. Yeah. Sounds like it. It's fun. <laughs> I could use that. <laughs> it's good. Uh, do you want to talk about some of like the highs and lows that you've had as a business owner and kind of like what your personal evolution has been as a business owner? Yeah. So much, so much willingness to feel doubt and feel inadequacy and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Every day. Mm -hmm. And just getting used to that as actually a sign. And that's something my husband helped me know, um, those things are a sign that you're doing it right. And yeah, just being willing to push through those feelings is really huge. Mm-hmm. If you think about how many of us work jobs or spend our time doing things that maybe aren't, and a lot of us know, like aren't completely in alignment with who we are, what we want to be doing. And then those notions that we have of who we are and what we'd really like to do, but then running into that like quivering doubt or fear is actually means, yes, do that. Go that mm-hmm. way. Right. Maybe I was blessed somehow to know that I've always been a rebel mm-hmm. of society. You know, it's gotten me killed in other lifetimes. That's usually what kills me. It's mm-hmm. like I get murdered because I'm like against that's, injustice. That's fascinating. <laughs> wow. That's what people don't like about me. Um, but those aren't the people that I like. Yeah. You know, so – yeah, so that's good. Pushing through the doubt and inadequacy. And what else? Like what else has helped me? For a while I was very up and down still emotionally myself. And so when I was feeling good, I would attract clients and I would attract money and things would grow. And then when I was feeling low, like sometimes I would literally cancel things. Mm-hmm. You know, and had problems with like being reliable and being committed and, you know, am I really good at this? And then I would waver into, oh, I just need to get a side part time job, which I did a few times. But I think you know, God always has our back and always wants us to do what we're here to do. And so as I healed on all levels, realizing what my own pain was about more and getting more stable is probably the word, like really really stabilizing myself personally than the business stabilized. And I do feel, I do feel very stable now personally. And it's, I'm still in the middle of a lot of growth and a lot of change right now. Like being on this podcast is wonderful. And I'd like to, you know, more experiences like this to come into my life. And yeah, I mean, I think that's just part of us as human beings. We're yeah, always going to be constantly going, through. going. Yeah. But it, I have become stable, which in the past I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Like things were up and down. Yeah. That's great. Do you feel like it's easier to like market yourself and grow now that you have stepped into your own power and you feel more stable? Yeah, most definitely. And I started allowing more help and more support. Like I I have a business coach right now. I have one coach about money that I follow really closely. I'm actually doing a like six-week course with her right now. 
and I have routines that I do now every day, which really helps. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like whatever our um, childhood patterning is, like those are the patterns that are going to follow us into adulthood. So, mm-hmm. like, that's what I do. We have to be willing to look at whatever that initial programming is, take it apart, and really come into our own. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's the only work. I know. Right. (laughs) So I do it and I charge for it. Yeah. (laughs) As you should. Yeah. (laughs) Do you want to talk about what else you offer? I do. Um, My online world is happening, which is fun. I launched my first e-course that is how to embody your sacred sexuality. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's been really fun. I have like my first group of people going through that. And that was a birthing of my own personal healing of my sexuality and just this yearning I've always had to know myself as a sacred being. Mm-hmm. Um, so that course is 10 guided audio healings. There's seven modules. And it's that is really geared for people that have endured sexual trauma, which I think from my perspective, like everyone has because how many people on the planet really know themselves as sacred and really – know what sexual energy is like as the energy of creation Mm -hmm. um so from that perspective i think pretty much anyone could benefit it but i do want people to know that have you know experienced molestation or rape like it's really for you Mm -hmm. that it's it's powerful yet it's gentle and like as you're going through the questions and the meditations it's just because of how i am as a healer it's following it's following their energy Mm -hmm. and it's going to be a unique experience every time they do the meditations. So that's really what that's for. So we can go from being a victim from abuse into knowing ourselves as a sacred being and taking ownership of our energy and our body and having really good boundaries. That's what it's for. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It's fun. Yeah. It's cool. Um, My other e-course, I actually have a bunch started, but the other one that is the teaser module, like the first free module I'm about to launch, I like need to just take the leap and launch it because I haven't yet, but it's called The Heart of a Girl and that's for teen girls. So it's from like my inner 13-year-old heart, everything yeah, that I wanted That's super cool. for teen girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that first teaser module is ready to go. Uh, my business coach, Stephanie audit it for me. Thank you, Stephanie, because I know she'll listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, she did a great job editing it for me. And it's essentially a meditation for girls to do in the morning to feel their sense of value, their purpose, and then how to put the two into action. Awesome. Like some visualization work around that. Mm-hmm. And then it will become a longer e-course that's coming. And also the heart of a girl, it's like birthing through me, but I know it's birthing through tons of people all over the planet. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's a big collaboration. Um, I had my first contact reach out to me about doing a six-week yoga program at a middle school. So that's going to be my first, like making the heart of a girl a um, yoga program Yeah, for teens. Wow, that's so cool. So that's coming. I could have used that when I was 13. Yeah, me too. And the good news is time's not real. So we can just embody our inner 12-year-old because the work I'm into really starts at like age nine. It's like age nine or 10, the kundalini starts to stir. 
Oh, interesting. The life force I, starts to stir. I didn't know that. Cool. I didn't know that either until like months ago. Okay. But it came to me and then I started seeing evidence of it in people. Sure. So it begins to stir and then as we go through puberty, like when girls start their menses and boys' bodies start to develop and change as well, our purpose for who we are is like charging and ready to have action taken upon it. Mm-hmm. And that's why like some people might have a problem with kids that age or why they are diagnosed with like ADHD or I don't know what else, but they just have all this energy and like, yes, they start getting, you know, sexual attraction and that starts to happen too. And that's good. But it's really that like rising of the life force that needs to be supported. Like, who are you? Why are you here? Mm -hmm. What are you into? What do you want to be doing? And those, like ideally those sorts of strengths and traits and gifts, we already know because Mm -hmm. those are the things we're drawn to even when we're little. Um, We're always going to be drawn to experiences or people or tools or programs or studies or art that is who we are and that's going to support what we're meant to do with our life. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like the heart of a girl. That's like what I want to share with as many kids and parents as I can to just see that and support it. And then especially at that age, like there's also a big karmic clearing that happens. So talk about purging again, like there's a big um, clearing purge at the soul level at that age that needs to be ushered through and just let go of. Sure. So we can just like burn our, burn it away, you know, and like clear our path for what we're meant to do with our life. Cool. That sounds amazing. And I don't think that's too much for kids. Like I've had reactions of like, oh, I don't know about that for a, you know, 12 year old to be introduced to those subjects. I'm like, F you. Like, that's what we need. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what I needed. That's what I would have wanted. Like, right. I have other um, moms at yoga that tell me their teenage girls are, and like all their friends are on antidepressants and anti anxiety. And I'm like, that is so weird. It's, yeah. It's just because they're not getting support that they need to really feel powerful. Mm -hmm. Well, we're just not taught how to deal with it. We're, as a society, we're just not taught how to deal with emotion. Yeah. We're, it's like we're taught to emotionally neglect ourselves totally from the earliest age as possible. Yeah, and there need not be fault. Mm-mm. You know, it's like everybody can access themselves. Mm-hmm. Everybody can heal. There's room for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Wow, I'm sure that's going to be a very impactful program. I'm excited to see what I, comes. Of I it. know that it is, and I like. I'm happy to be a voice for it right now and I'm I'm already meeting people that I collaborate with it and I know that there's so much to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually have a question about your soul coaching program and part of that is is because the listener base um, and maybe just like millennials in general tend to like seek out their purpose or there's this like almost this endless like wanting to know like what my higher purpose is since they were a teen right (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I'm wondering if your soul coaching program works with that aspect oh most definitely yeah cool I love it I'm glad you asked about that because this is something I was thinking of in the car on the way over that I wanted to talk about because it's um like I said before for a while I did packages of four sessions four for 400 and it worked really well and since my, I've been like pumping up my own frequency and getting into my own 
confidence stepping into myself, this, this six month program is what I'm supposed to be bringing in. And now I have my first few people starting it. And what I see and that excites me beyond measure is that the time of it is what really matters. Um, the commitment to the time because it allows it to go slow mm-hmm. in a way and it allows the process of all the healings that happen in the sessions. I think it's 18 sessions over six months, give or take here and there what people need. It's like this, I don't know how else to say this besides like a higher plan comes through mm-hmm. for the six months and then it's my job to facilitate it. Wow. And it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, creative. Mm-hmm. With the Bach flowers, with the superfoods, sure, um, nutrition and emotional healing, taking apart childhood programming, burning all that out, clearing the path, so mm-hmm. that our value and our purpose and our action of what we're supposed to do with our lives, yeah, gets easier. Can you give an example, maybe, of some things that have come through with this work so far? Yeah, tons. Um, one that comes to mind couldn't couldn't access her emotions when I met her and I coached her to be able to cry. Oh, wow. And be able to access her emotions, be able to cry, be able to express. And now she's, she's gone through a ton. Um, but she's in a job that matches her, you know, years later. Yeah. Um, she's years later. Yeah. We did years of work together. Wow. I mean, it takes a long time to take apart childhood programming. Mm -hmm. It's, it is arduous work and it's hard work, but it is so worth it. Mm-hmm. And the insights that come are pretty amazing. And I'll say what usually happens, not everybody, but I'd say like 50% of my clients come in like, I had a fine childhood. I'm so lucky. It was great. And that's true, you know, but they also, we don't like to see negative things about our parents, mm-hmm. you know, or about our families. Um just beginning to be able to look at patterns as patterns mm-hmm. without putting a whole charge of judgment or shame or guilt or fault around that, which is not necessary. Like those are just some of the layers that need to be dissolved away mm-hmm. just so we can look at the truth. Like I, that's a conversation I inevitably have with like every client of like, Hey, this is not about judgment. This is about patterns. We're just looking at patterns and that you actually get to choose how to think and how to believe. Is that kind of yeah, interesting? Totally. Thank you. I feel like you gave a wonderful explanation of okay. like everything that you're doing and all this work. I think it's so important. Thank you. How can people connect with you if they have further questions? In so many ways. In so many ways. Um, <laughs> they can call, text, email, comment, like, share, subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Katie Awake. Yeah. She's going to be famous. <laughs> oh, gosh. Katie Awake. Katie Underdash Awake on Instagram. Katie Awake on Facebook. My website right now is theunburiedvoice.com. It's probably going to be changing soon to katieawake.online. Sure. I bought that domain. I just haven't applied it yet. Oh, nice. katieawake.online. I just like that because it's like, Katie, I'm awake and I'm online. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Everything is energy to me and I love names. Yeah. So I just like that. Cool. Katie Awake. I think that's how. Awesome. I will make sure to link everything in the show notes so that people can connect with you. Give her some love. Follow her on Instagram. She's got some great videos out there. Yeah, check yeah, her out. So great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for coming on. <laughs>